listening to the coffee hour i'm andy bates thanks to concordia university wisconsin for supporting the coffee hour find out more about concordia university wisconsin at cuw.edu we are continuing our conversations in the set apart to serve series learning about church workers and encouraging young people to consider church work vocations joining us today deaconess micah patron she's at grace lutheran church in auburn michigan deaconess micah thanks so much for joining me today oh thank you it's a joy to be with you well, I'm excited to learn more about the office of deaconess, the vocation of deaconess, and how you learned about that and and how the Lord brought you on this path to becoming a deaconess. Share with us, when did you first learn about deaconesses? Where was that, that first time of hearing about a deaconess? I know for some that some might not have even heard of a deaconess before. Where did you first learn about that? I kind of had just like a little background. It was just always something I was semi-aware of just from uh, people at my church who went to the seminary to become pastors and they had just mentioned these deaconesses and kind of just seeing like mention of it in some publication things from the Senate, but I hadn't gotten to actually meet a, a real life deaconess till I was in college and I was attending higher things. And I was, I've always been interested in theology. And so in college at the time, I was kind of like, hmm, I'll, I'll go talk to the, the Fort Wayne Seminary booth and just kind of learn about their programs there. And I ended up talking to a deaconess admissions counselor at the time, Chris Hodge. And she just, we had a wonderful conversation and she mentioned some things that just kind of stuck with me as I continued my my college studies. She mentioned that the deaconess program adds this layer of theology to whatever you do. So that was kind of the first time where I actually started chewing on the idea of maybe becoming a deaconess. But still at that time, I really didn't have a huge understanding of what a deaconess is or what she could do. I just knew she wore blue clothes <laughs> and did something with theology and churches. So, <laughs> <laughs> so not a huge so, groundbreaking story, but that's mine. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you, you had this first glimpse of deaconesses studying theology and serving in the church. When did you then take that step and, and learn more about deaconesses and and even apply or, or enroll to become a deaconess student? Yeah, well, that Higher Things conference that I went to was right before I went to study abroad in Germany as a part of my undergrad studies. And while I was over there, I kind of started being in contact with the seminary. And I also reached out to a, a deaconess in Germany. Elizabeth Allman was over there at the time, serving in Leipzig. And so I kind of was starting to find out more about what deaconesses were doing and what it looked like. And also while I was overseas, there were just a lot of experiences while I was over there that made me go, wow, we have such a wealth in the promises we have in our Lord 
the, the promises of the resurrection that he gives to us in Holy Bath. We just have such a wealth of the, the, the reassurance of his presence in the Lord's Supper. So much comfort, and so many people don't have that comfort. And it was kind of during that time that I was like, well, if I became a deaconess, I would get to not only learn better how to learn deeper the scriptures and, and even better how to teach and speak about God's word, but also get to really apply that to people in hospitals or in, in teaching and helping with youth confirmation, those types of things. And so that's kind of what made me go, okay, I'll, I, I think I've got to look into this when I'm done with my, my undergrad. So it was kind of as I was finding, finishing out my undergraduate studies that I um, reached out to Concordia Theological Seminary and began the, the application process to attend the seminary. And so I started my deaconess studies the fall of 2017 after graduating from college and it's been a deaconess ride ever since then. <laughs> What, what did you, what were your undergrad studies in before you began the deaconess program? My undergrad studies were in music performance, so primarily piano and organ. And then I was also doing a, a German minor. And I hadn't really, I had different possibilities of directions that I, I could go, such as being a piano teacher with my own private studio or doing something more with church music or more with German and I just wasn't really kind of it, it didn't really seem to fully click and but getting to do something where you're getting to work with our Lord's word and and eternal things really started to I don't know it just seemed to click for me and so I'm very thankful I, I started heading down that that path the path I'm currently on <laughs> <laughs> So tell us about your first your first term as a deaconess student. What are some of the classes you took and and how did you learn more about the this vocation of deaconess? What are what what was that first year or first term like for you as a deaconess student? Yeah, so like the some of the first classes I took were a lot of your introduction classes. So Gospels 1, which was devoted just to like the Gospel of Matthew. And then the next quarter, we had one basically looking at like the Gospel of Luke and Mark, introduction to worship and the liturgy, kind of learning about the history of that. We also, as, as deaconesses, we had a, a, a course kind of looking at the history of deaconesses, so kind of giving us the the broad kind of sweeping overview of where deaconesses have been, not only just with Phoebe and in Roman 16, but in the ancient church and then kind of the, the history with Lutheran deaconesses and what that has looked like in Europe, but also in the U.S. And one of the other things that we are assigned our entire time at the seminary is a fieldwork congregation. And so that it's a place our uh, kind of our home congregation away from home where we're receiving our Lord's gifts, studying his word in Bible study, but then also it gives us an opportunity to go on, at least for me, it was an opportunity to go on visits with my pastor to kind of get to see some of the parish deaconate's work in, in action, getting to be a part of a, a congregation life. And we also kind of with that as a part of the field work and other classes are, are starting to be introduced to 
topics like ministry to the sick and dying. Let's see, what else did we have? We had just a lot of different topics with kind of how are how are you listening to people? Listening is a very important skill for for deaconesses to just hear where people are at and to, so then you can, as you're hearing, you can then be applying God's word, you know, as needed to those specific situations. So kind of some very general classes, also classes in, I think my first year, I had a class with going over like the Augsburg Confession. And so you begin studying the scriptures in depth, but also our Lutheran Confession. And and also church history was also something. So you see how our life as Christians now doesn't just emerge out of nowhere, but such a rich history that we are a part of and a wealth of knowledge that we get to learn from, draw from, really broad shoulders that we get to stand on. You mentioned part of your studies included making visits with your pastor. Was this the first time that you'd ever made that kind of a visit, maybe to a shut-in or someone who was in the hospital? Yes and no. Growing up, and and this was kind of something that also kind of clicked for for me. Growing up, my my parents would take me on visits to different members in our nursing home. And a lot of times, me and my three younger brothers, we would, would play music or sing hymns in those settings. So I had had the opportunity to kind of see visiting as as faithful laity in those settings of, of singing hymns and just being with someone alone. And my I, my dad's a, a physician, so growing up, I, especially as a little kid, I got to go with him on some nursery visits, that type of thing. But that was my first time. So those settings were familiar, but that was my first time to really be going in, in kind of an official or semi-official capacity and getting to see Pastor B really serving in that capacity as well. Well, kind of, we yes, have no. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have learned more to more to learn about the office of deaconess. We're talking with Deaconess Micah Patron today. She's a deaconess who serves at Grace Lutheran Church in Auburn, Michigan. We'll continue our set apart to serve series conversation here in just a moment on the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Eddie Bates. Today we're talking with Deaconess Micah Patron. She's Deaconess at Grace Lutheran Church in Auburn, Michigan. And our guest today is part of the Set Apart to Serve series. We're learning about her formation as a deaconess and and now moving into the the next stage of as you continue to study and learn, take us into the the I guess the 
the culmination of your studies and preparing for life as a deaconess after school. What were the the latter what were the latter years of the latter terms of your studies as deaconess like? What were some of the highlights for you in the I guess the the culmination of your studies? Yeah. Well, kind of some of the main thing for the deaconess program is you your second year of studies is you're looking at doing kind of a capstone project, a proposal basically of, hey, this is something that I think there's a need in the church and this is how we could meet it. And so my my second year was not only doing taking classes, but and also I guess I should add, you have also institutional hours added. So not only what you're doing with your local congregation, but but something extra. And so for me, I got to be a part of a local congregation, Lutheran congregation that was doing jail Bible studies and some worship services in the local county jail. And so that was a, a, a wonderful opportunity for me to be in a different, a very different setting from what I was used to and, and leading a Bible study and and being with the women in the women's cell block to just bring them God's word. So they they usually try to expand your your service setting. But back to the Capstone project, what I did was basically a a a Bible study proposal. And I, I for the most part, the Bible study is basically about done with that. But it was basically dealing with transgender, gender dysphoria, and and really looking at having the eyes of Christ with that and and seeing not only what are all these different terms that are going on with this very now very hot topic, but also, you know, what what can we learn from the scriptures about this and how how shall we then live with what's going on and especially with maybe family members or friends or, or our own our own selves if if that is a struggle. So that was kind of my capstone project that I was researching for, preparing a presentation and a paper on as kind of the, the end capstone for my my final year at the seminary. And then the, I guess, full, final culmination, there's two years of coursework at the seminary, but then the third year is a an internship year. And maybe I'm jumping the gun <laughs> with getting into internship year, but that was kind of where also I had an interview and was preparing to, to head out to really kind of be thrown in the deep end of, of having, of getting to apply what I had been learning at seminary into the, the real world. Who encouraged you along the way in your deaconess formation? And, and as you were even looking at your, your first call to serve as a deaconess, who was that encouragement and support for you along the way? My family, especially my mom. My mom has been a, a, a wonderful example of, of deaconess service, even without the, the title. You know, faithful full Christian women, they, they are such a gift to our church. And, and so my mom very much so, so my mom and by her example and, and her encouragement with, with that whole process um, and, and, and both of my parents, really. I would say also big encouragers, I think, especially as, as an intern, my pastor, who I currently serve with now, as, as now as a colleague, Pastor Aaron has been very much a great encourager as I was finishing my studies to be a deaconess and 
And also, I would I would say that the seminary faculty were very encouraging, especially Deaconess Amy Rast, as I was going through the process and studying and learning. Because I think it, it, there were times with studying, you're like, well, is this really what I, <laughs> what I should be doing? There came different times where where that that question popped into my mind as a student and their their encouragement and the encouragement of my my classmates especially my deaconess sister students was a was a great blessing so lots of different people i guess uh, tell us about how you get to serve as a deaconess today oh a lot of different ways which is really fun in the parish uh, that's i guess my plug for the parish is you you never are doing just one thing. I get to teach a women's Bible study and help with youth confirmation and I also and Sunday school. I get to visit our sick and, and shut in. So hospital visits, nursing home, so visit kind of the the full spectrum with that. Pastor and I work together with things like premarital counseling and and I think one of the, the biggest things I, I, I get to do and I'm very thankful for is, is really get to support pastor with giving him my, uh, my assessment of a, a given situation, potentially with members or something that's going on in the church. We, we kind of get to be sounding boards for each other. And, and I get to a lot of times pastor will bounce ideas off of me for, for his coming sermon. So I, I'm very thankful for that opportunity to get to, to help and support him in his vocation of pastor in serving the saints of grace with, with word and sacrament. And I getting to, to support our whole congregation with our, our music director, just sometimes that means administrative type of things with making sure different announcements get done, double checking things. But at, at the end of the day, it's getting to work with God's people, working with our even our high school and our youth in confirmation, we meet usually once a week and have a time of on Sunday afternoons, a time of uh, sometimes it's fun and games, sometimes it's a service project, sometimes it's diving into our Lord's Word and learning, having that be applied to our life in a specific way. I really get enjoy getting to, to do, to serve in different ways with with our saints and and really get to be a a help and encourager i i should really get some pom-poms to have to to cheer people on but i i think that's something very special that the deaconess gets to do is encourage others i'm 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 thankful i get to to do that to go get go be with especially members who are lonely getting to remind them that the, the church has not forgotten you. You are you are dearly loved. You are a baptized child of God, and the church remembers you. Your Jesus remembers you. And and then kind of getting to encourage the congregation also to then be also reaching out in those hands of, mer- of mercy as well. So it, it's really cool to, for me to get to be able to spend time whether it's a home visit, sometimes going out for coffee or inviting members to my home for a meal, leading a women's group, coordinating different activities for our women's group to get together on a, on a regular basis for fellowship and, and other activities. And those are kind of 
some high points, and it, it, it's a it's a great joy um, getting to be a part of the human care aspect, but then also the the education part of of opening up the the scriptures to sometimes the little ones, my little four year old too, <laughs> older ages, and also get to encourage and be very much encouraged by by our staff at at Grace and our members. What would you say are some of the key skills needed and used by deaconesses? Mm, yeah, that's a really good question. I think key skills, I was, it's great that we are recording this just shortly after our, our gospel reading. This, this past Sunday was Mary and Martha with Jesus in Luke 10 and having a, a hearing heart. That's what Solomon Solomon prays for wisdom in in First Kings three, and and the Lord tells him that He will give him what literally is is can be translated as a hearing heart. And so, you know, I, I think probably one of the the key things for for deaconesses, key skills, if you want to put it that way, is is a hearing heart, both to be like listening Mary at Jesus' feet, hearing Jesus' word, because it's really it's only once we receive from Jesus and his spirit-filled word that then we're able to have open ears to hear God's people in their joys, in their sorrows, that then we're able to take the word that we've received to then give it and give it abundantly and prayerfully and, and mindfully. So I think that that hearing, listening to where people are at and, and meeting them there is, is really important. And I guess, you know, skill-wise, I think also just not only the heart to serve, but the heart to and the willingness to go into the messy because it, it's very much kind of like being, we get to be in Christ, we get to be little Good Samaritans where we getting down on our knees with someone who's bloody and battered and has all sorts, who maybe has tons of problems, no problems, and, and getting to be with them, be with them as, as the church, because our Lord Jesus doesn't write anyone off, no matter what kind of problems, difficulties he or she has, whether it's mental illness, a cancer diagnosis, you know, you, you name the difficulty. Our Lord doesn't write him off, and, and neither does the church. So that heart that that wants to serve and and is is drawn to the people who are hurting, that are messy, that that maybe sometimes try our patience. Those I think are the key skills, or or maybe even better said, the the attitude, the the posture and heart for for future deaconesses. Because skill set wise, a knowledge of the scriptures and is is a beautiful gift and what is cool about deaconesses is there's so many different ways to serve i have classmates who serve as teachers as missionaries you know but all as nurses there's all sorts of different ways that deaconesses can serve but the foundation and and the beating heart is is the heart that hears our lord's word and desires to to bring that word and bring that love of jesus and and his care to, to people who are hurting and, and sometimes hurting so much that they don't even know that they 
that they are hurting who are so so mixed up that they don't realize they are. As I'm talking, the image of the prodigal son sitting in the sitting with the pigs kind of comes to mind. Deaconesses, we we have the and church workers in general, pastors. We get to go to the people who are right right stuck there and and bring them the light of Christ and bring His love. My guest today. (laughs) My guest today, Deaconess Micah Patron. She serves as Deaconess at Grace Lutheran Church in Auburn, Michigan. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us about uh, learning about deaconesses and uh, formation and how you get to serve as a deaconess today for our Set Apart to Serve series. It was great to talk with you today, Deaconess Micah. Thank you. It was wonderful to speak with you, too. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere.